Hey, Family Office listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. And Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. All right, Large. Uh, no Ian today for the second family office. Is this the second family office of the year? I think it is. Uh, but we're dropping this on the 15th of January. We got a few things to discuss. So I want to get into first what we missed this week. I also want to give out our first SBF award because I think we actually just missed that last week. We totally forgot about it. Uh, and then we're going to, of course, take a look at our portfolio, do our watch list, all of that. So I want to hand it over to you first, Large. What the fuck did we miss this week that you want to talk about? Can we follow up with George Santos? I know that I beat him like a dead horse, but I don't think he gets beaten enough on this show. Okay, because it's the political realm, but mm-hmm. we also talked a lot about Kanye. By the way, Kanye got married this week. Yeah, congrats, Mazel. Mazel, good things. Uh, George Santos, for people who have been living on the rock, is a Republican from New York. He is, uh, uh, he's in Congress, Republican representative from New York. He's lied about everything that you can lie about, and everything mm-hmm. that he lies about is a trigger, legitimate trigger. Uh, 9-11, uh, Pulse nightclub shootings, the fucking Holocaust, ever heard of it? Uh, covid Everything that you are uh, working for Citigroup and Goldman Sachs versus working with Citigroup and Goldman Sachs when he was at, you know, Joe's yeah. House of Stocks. Everything that you can lie about, this guy has lied about. Okay. And this week, the Times had uncovered a Brazilian court record showing that Santos was also charged with check fraud in 2008. He stole a guy's checkbook and he used it to make fraudulent purchases. So Brazilian prosecutors. Uh, prosecutors had announced this week that they were going to reopen the case. That's new news. That's new news. So Santos responds on Thursday on a podcast called The War Room, hosted by Steve Bannon. He said he's lived an honest life. That's the quote unquote, that he'll seek reelection in 2024. On, on the Steve Bannon podcast. Yes. Well, no, it's yeah on, on a Steve Bannon podcast, The War Room. None of this is lost on us, correct? I hope that no, nothing is going over anyone's head here. Right. So on the War Room podcast, I've lived an honest life. I will seek re-election in 2024. More people are calling for his head than uh, during the French Revolution. And he also said that he will pray for all of us, for when they come for us, we will have the strength that he has had. Okay? And now... Another Brazilian news outlet is reporting that a woman says she's traveled with George Santos to the United States in 2011 and that he drained her bank account and pawned all her jewelry. The hits just keep coming. He would have been a shoe in to be at least one or two for that Bernie Award renaming had 2022 not given us on a silver platter, Mr. Sam Bankman Freed. But instead, he's a sitting U.S. congressman. He's a sitting U.S. congressman, and all this shit is in the wind. So it's not that we missed it. I'm sure we all saw it, but I thought that it was worthwhile bringing it up. Two things there. One, do you think he's actually a Democrat? Do you think he's lying about that? <laughs> the ultimate lie. He's, he's actually acting as a Democrat. He's going to start voting Democrat. And then second, do we, do we find out where any of the money came from? 
I know that's that's really the big question. I guess it was from this chick's bank account or if he pawned off her jewelry, right? Well, you know what? A lot of it allegedly came from him selling $20 million lot, uh, yachts, which there are no receipts for. A lot of it came from real estate that he allegedly owned, which there are no records of. So, yeah, this is an absolute mystery wrapped in a riddle and uh, and a sitting U.S. representative. It's it's wild that I can say with 100% confidence in a industry or in an institution that is riddled with liars. You're not right. a good liar. You shouldn't be in Congress. That is riddled with liars, politics in, in, in general. That the most lyingness liar, 100% number one with a fucking bullet, is George Santos. Santos. If that's his real name. <laughs> that, yeah, that's another thing. Um, yeah, we, we don't know his real gender. Like, there's a lot of things that could still be around. Yeah. Yes. yes. I mean, still, still my favorite thing. I think I mentioned this when we talked about it last week is that, like, people won't uh, eat lunch with him at Capitol Hill. Like, no one sits with him and stuff. And it's just like, I, I mean, I, politics from afar is like, it's so fun to watch until you realize how scary it is that these people are deciding what happens with our country and the economy and all this stuff. But I mean, this stuff is just made for TV and I'm sure the, the Netflix uh, docuseries is already, is already been ordered. They just got to like wait until all the lies come out. But you know, this is, this guy is just classic. I, I agree. He just, he keeps on, he's a gift that keeps on giving. And yeah, it was, it's honestly very close between him and SPF. Mm. Yeah. You know, but again, uh, Farrah Fawcett is dead. People don't know it because that's the same day that Michael Jackson died. You know, it's just one of those things where it, it impacted me more, Farrah Fawcett. I've spilt more seed to her than, you know, Muhammad Ali in a garden, but she unfortunately died the same day as Michael Jackson. I think, I think the same thing with Ed McMahon. I think Ed McMahon might have died on that day too. So yeah, wow. uh, SPF is by far the Michael Jackson of celebrity deaths in 2022. Well, large. That's a that's a fitting opening because I have um, I have somebody who is going to give SBF a run for his money. Did you hear about this J.P. Morgan Frank story? Mm-hmm. So we got this company uh, Frank, which is a student loan marketplace. They kind of said that they were the Amazon of student loans, so they would help you with this complicated process, right? So they approached J.P. Morgan about selling the company. And like, can you actually, I, I don't have the, the woman's name who founded. Do you mind looking it up while I explain this? Sure. Um, but so we have JP Morgan bought this company, Frank. It's called Frank for $175 million. So their goal here was, hey, we're going to get access to all these young customers. And hopefully we're going to work with them throughout the future. We're going to get them to you know buy stocks and we're going to be their financial advisor. And we make a lot of money off of them because they're college educated. Frank, when it sold for $175 million to JP Morgan, claimed to have 4 million customers. The problem is when JP Morgan went and sent out an email to those 4 million customers, uh, about 75 to 80% of those emails bounced back. That's because they were fake and they were completely made up uh, by this founder. Do you have the founder's name, Large? Charlie Javis? Yes. Charlie Javis. So she was actually uh, a Forbes 30 under 30, um, which I think SBF is also on that list. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth Holmes, 
Martin Screlly, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so there's a lot of scumbags on that list. Um, but yeah, JP Morgan got totally fucked. And I just can't, I can't get my head around how they did not do any due diligence. So this is interesting, right? Because I sold a company to Barstool that was basically an email list, right? And so the amount of records that uh, you know they went through and the amount of due diligence that Barstool did to make sure that I wasn't selling them a list of bullshit emails was uh, thorough, but also pretty simple. Like there's very easy ways to check these sort of things. Like there is... There are companies dedicated to doing this. And the fact that JP Morgan basically paid for this list and these quote unquote customers without even checking, uh, now without doing any due diligence and paid $175 million for this, I think JP, or excuse me, I think Jamie Dimon, we've talked about a lot on this podcast. And I really wish uh, that our friend Ian Becker was here to talk about this because, you know, he has feelings about Jamie Dimon. But I think Jamie Dimon is losing it a little bit um, and losing his edge a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's time for him to step down. Like, I think here he really overstepped no. his bounds. You don't think it's time for him to step down? This is embarrassing. This is a black eye. I, I would say that there there will be some sort of due diligence guy who will lose a job for this. There will be some due diligence guy at J.P. Morgan who will lose a job. Jamie can't do the due diligence. And I think we're living in a day and age where it's as simple as, Chat GPT, create 4.2 million uh, subscribers to Frank that, right now. That's and all of a sudden, it what just happened. She had a, well, an engineer create these. And I was like, yeah, you just go. It's like mike.mccarthy at gmail.com. Boom. There's one of your customers, right? Do that for mm-hmm. 4 million more times. And, and from Jamie's perspective, if I'm handed a brochure that says the fastest growing college financial planning platform used by more than 5 million students at 6,000 institutions. Yeah, I have a son who's going to college. We didn't know where to start trying to get yeah. some financial aid from. It is complicated. And after, I that. Yeah, and, yeah and, and, and I will tell you that after we went through the exhaustive process of trying to find financial aid from, we didn't find any. So, like, to have this, I would have thrown my hat in that ring and been one of the – I guess only 300,000 real <laughs> subscribers that they had as right. opposed to the four and a half million that were all made up. So this was an attractive acquisition, I, I think. And I think that Jamie, when he found out that the due diligence had, uh, due diligence had fallen down and he shut the thing down immediately, that was the headline. Mm-hmm. Jamie Morgan shutters the doors on this goddamn yeah. thing. I think Jamie should be applauded. I think Charlie should be in shackles. She should be in, the, and not one of those female prisons where they film the, you know, the lesbian porn. She's being one of the tough ones. And there's some due diligence guy who should be on the street looking for a job. You want that probably one of the funniest things though, um, is that they, they fired her. So it sounds like they started figuring some things out. She wasn't cooperating mm-hmm. with them. So they fired her. She's currently suing, uh, the company and JP Morgan released this statement. And this was just like at the bottom of the CNBC article, which I found really interesting is that they said, they don't think she was the whistleblower. So can you imagine like she got fired, then she blew the whistle and tried to get JP Morgan in trouble for this. And she didn't think that she was going to go down with them. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I mean, it would be a, new, a, it's a new level of stupidity. It's a new, it's a little, a new level of stupidity that we're seeing, but one that I, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe she's a victim of circumstance and some guy she had hired 
had gotten 4 million new subscribers in the boards, uh, you know, on the board. So she truly didn't know either. I don't know how these things work, but it seems very, very easy now. Listen, this was one of the breaking points, the potential breaking point for Elon buying Twitter, right? The bots. I mean, this is not anything new. This is, this is a, this is a pervasive problem within, you know, the internet. So, um, yeah, you got to have more stuff in place. I don't know how you do it. I mean, I guess it was relatively easy when you were, you know, doing it with uh, the water coolers, which comes out every day, watercoolers.com. But um, it's just going to get tougher and tougher as the technology gets more and more shady. Don't blame Jamie. Okay. Well, I, you, uh, just wait. I got something to blame Jamie for. Okay. Did you hear the other J- JP Morgan story that we have? This is a little more tinfoil hat. Uh, their involvement with Jeffrey Epstein. So, so listen to this. I feel like we need to have Billy Hot Takes on for this one. But the Attorney General. So this happened uh, about. A, this happened right after the holidays. So I think it kind of got lost in in the scrum and all those like uh, you know the best things that happened in 2022 lists. But so the Attorney General of the U.S. Virgin Islands, and of course that's where Epstein's fuck island was. It Little St. James, I think it was called. Uh, yeah. It was called. And so the Attorney General of U.S. Virgin Islands sued J.P. Morgan for its ties to Jeffrey Epstein. So basically, they had been Epstein's um, anchor for a very long time, and they knew all this. A lot of this stuff was happening. Of course, he was arrested in Florida, and they continued to serve him. So the Attorney General sues him. That's all well and good. A few days later, this Attorney General, this, this woman, is fired by the governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands. And he says that it has nothing to do with with wanting to sue J.P. Morgan, um, nothing to do with this case, that they had had some beef and that she wasn't great at her job. And that's where they were firing her. So it seems like Jamie Dimon might have been pulling some strings here. What are your thoughts on this, Large? I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm pounding the table. Jamie Dimon had nothing to do with this. Just because it says J.P. Morgan honcho doesn't mean that it's fucking J.P. Uh, doesn't mean that it's Jamie Dimon's best friend. Um this, this Epstein Island thing is is one of the most fascinating things in the world. And I'm telling you, the fact that this guy had killed himself had left us with so many goddamn questions. He would have been such a wealth of knowledge for so many lawsuits and allegations going forward. That's why I seriously hope that they took away Sam Bankman-Fried shoelaces because it's sort of eerily similar in that one respect with all the... Uh, with how far his tentacles had run, even into political parties. But yeah, I mean, I don't know this. Once you put the stink of Epstein Island on him, you know, Jamie Dimon has some good distancing that he needs to do uh, over the next couple of weeks. I guess, I guess that's the answer. Yeah. I mean, and I was just looking up uh, where you're talking. They had, they had reported good earnings on Friday though. And that's all that people care about. Right. Like no one cares about this. Like, like he was help. He was funding Fuck Island. No one cares, right? He was funding a pedophile. His stock was up two and a half percent because they had decent earnings, and he said the recession is not going to be as bad as the hurricane that he had predicted. So, there it is. I guess I guess Jamie Dimon redeemed himself in the eye of uh, of Wall Street. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah. Now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. 
What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. Um, you got anything else that we missed large or you want to get into the SPF awards? Was- <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll go with the SPFs. And we go with the SPFs. Mine is kind of a topical one, so it's uh, it's right along that same line. All right, cool. So just as a reminder, guys, uh, we renamed the Bernie's Aw- Bernie Awards, which, of course, were the Bernard Madoff Awards powered by Enron. We renamed them for 2023, the SBF Award powered by Alameda Research. And, of course, this goes to the, the person who is at their 52-week low in business or finance. Large, I'm going to hand it over to you first. Who do you got for your SBF Award? I'm going to go and listen – this guy's not done. He's not washed, but it's Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg? Buttigieg. Okay? First of Mayor all, he's got to get a better... What's that? Yeah, Mayor Pete. He's got to get a better uh, last name. He had a relatively good thing going, right? Mayor of South Bend, which is the motherland for me, as you know. Um, dump of a town. That town. I've been there. Yeah, it's not great. Oh, yeah. I got the shit kicked out of me at the South Bend Mall. Um, first openly gay guy to run for president for a major party in 2020, right? I mean, he had a nice little buzz going about him. And now he's basically the face of airline delays. The thing about 52-week lows is that you can pull yourself out of one. But this is a 52-week low for him. I'll quote the Wall Street Journal, which I don't often do because I don't pay for it anymore. A historic string of air, rail, and supply chains meltdowns has plagued Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg's first two years in office, placing him, for better or worse, at the center of crises affecting millions of people. They go on to say a modest cabinet role has become a political albatross for one of the Democrats' brightest young stars. Very well put. That's why I did the quote there. So you have a guy here, and again, he'll snap back, but until everybody gets their luggage back, I mean, some poor bastards still don't get their luggage back from all those delays. He's just going to be the incompetent douche who caused you to miss your grandmother's funeral. And that puts a bad taste in everyone's mouth, and that's something very easy to bring up on a campaign trail. Yep. Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, whatever the fuck his name is, I put him up for a 52-week low. Yeah, I, I, so I couldn't believe when I was reading through this, and I, I blogged about this, and I, I, I said it gave me – so what happened on – was it Monday, how all flights were canceled for a couple hours? All flights were grounded, right, because there was a, there was a computer glitch. minute glitch. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I said it gave me major 9-11 vibes. Right. Because when I woke up and said all flights are grounded in the U.S., like that's the first thing you think of what you know, what terrible thing happened. It actually was the first time since 9-11 that that system was down and that all flights were grounded, which I could not believe. So, yeah, I mean, this is just bad all around for, for Pete Buttigieg. I mean, yeah, the Southwest thing is obviously not his fault, but that's, you no. know, people are going to blame it on him. Like, there's there's no way well, around We just tried to put Jamie Dimon on Epstein Island, and we tried to put him as the guy who is counting up people to Frank, you know, the scholarship. I mean, yeah. it, it's, you know, it's, you just have, it's through osmosis. So every time somebody is stuck in a goddamn airport, it's going to be blamed on, on Mayor Pete. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like you never knew. Like, if you asked me who the last, even who the last department of, was a department of transportation secretary, yes. would have no idea, right? It's like, you. that's what you want to be. You don't want anyone to know who you are. And then you can go out and be like, hey, look, it's almost like the, whatever Dr. Fauci's role was. Like, I had no idea who that was before Dr. Fauci, right? But, but now you know, and you know, 
you get in the news, people are going to rip you apart. So, yeah, not great. It's a cushy job. That's a cushy job. You Mm -hmm. get that cabinet post, you're pumped. I think you're pretty pumped. That's like being the backup quarterback. You get to wear the fucking headset and the hat and hold the clipboard. You never get hit and get paid a nice amount of money. That's a nice, cushy job. And for right now, everybody who's angry at Newark and always wanted to put a name or a face to what's going on basically has one. And if you're delayed and homophobic and hate Notre Dame, oh, Pete Buttigieg is public enemy number one. And I know that's a small group probably. I don't know. Um, Uh, Maybe not on this podcast. He's he's fucked. So, uh, yeah, T's and P's, and he's going to pull away. But for right now, (laughs) he's screwed, man. I'll I'll say one other thing um, about him, just because I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast this morning, and they were talking about how long of – do you remember he took like a a six-month um, paternal paternity leave, and he yes. got really eviscerated for it. So yeah, there's there's that too. Whatever, it's fine. I mean, I I didn't take any for either of my kids. I just you know I kept blogging and doing doing newsletters, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. God's God's yep. Um. <laughs> all right, that's a that was a good one, large. I got. I actually have. I kind of have three because my my actual uh, SPF award is two people. It goes to the Winklevi. Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. Um, so the Winklevoss twins, who of course own Gemini, the guys who got, I guess, kind of screwed over by Mark Zuckerberg, but they took all their money, they invested in crypto, became billionaires, probably lost their billionaire status recently. Uh, but they just got sued by the SEC this week for starting this earn program, which was one of these crazy lending programs that were happening over the past couple of years where you would lend out your crypto. Um, somebody on the back end would trade it and try to make more money, and they would pay you like eight to ten percent interest on it. So the SEC is suing the the Winklevi and this other company, Genesis, and this guy Barry Silbert um, for having unregistered securities, up to nine hundred million dollars in unregistered securities. The interesting part is. Probably the whole reason that this happened is because Cameron Winklevoss went public um, and is very angry at this guy who runs Genesis, which is the company that's trading this $900 million in funds, uh, because they were involved with FTX and they are now what sounds like heading towards bankruptcy. So all of that money that is actually Gemini users' money. So the Winklevoss's company, it's their users' money. It's all locked up in this other company. So the Winklevosses are trying to get it out. So they went public, wrote an open letter, which you know how we feel about open letters. We like them mostly. But this one totally fucked over the Winklevi, and now they're being sued by the SEC. And quite frankly, I don't think this would have happened uh, if the if the open letter didn't come out. So I don't know what this means necessarily for the Winklevi's 
Gemini uh, crypto exchange, I think it's mostly safe. And I interestingly, I think that's where Dave actually keeps his money. If I uh, if I'm correct, but um, it could be bad, of course, if they if they uh, lose this suit and it kind of brings them down. And obviously, any sort of thing like this opens up all sorts of other doors for the SEC to start poking around. And as we've seen before, as soon as someone starts to pull a little string, a lot of these things start to unravel. So my SBF award goes to both of the Winklevoss twins because it seems like Mark Zuckerberg may finally be happy and seeing these two losers um, see their crypto empire collapse. Yeah, and we, we mentioned that open letter, how they became like the everyman. They were like, we're writing this to Genesis on behalf of the police officer who is just patrolling the mean streets, right. a waitress who just put in a double shift. At, you know, like they really went, like they yeah. spoke for for us, and that's one of the things that pissed me off. But what do you do after you have an open letter that gets even deeper in trouble? You write another open letter. So I just saw it's disappointing that the SEC chose to file an action as Gemini and other creditors are working hard to recover funds. This action does nothing but further our efforts and help earn users get their assets back. The SEC's behavior is totally counterproductive. Writing another open letter where you sort of put on pointing a finger now. You're putting me on trial? I'm putting you on trial, SEC, is an interesting thing for these guys to do. Maybe I, just kind of shut up and see how this thing pans out. And I don't know I don't know if it was in that letter or if he just, just said it on Twitter. I believe he called this like a glorified ticket or something like that. It was it was something very belittling to what the SEC does. And we've seen this before. Like I, I think I mentioned in the newsletter, Brian Armstrong from Coinbase did this. He said, you know, that they were having a witch hunt and they were coming after Coinbase and in some of their rules made no sense. And it's like, guys, this is the one thing the one person that you don't want to piss off, like everyone's learned once, once SEC or whatever alphabet, you know, uh, organization it is comes poking around. That's when you get totally fucked. Like you barely have any regulation right now. It's just like, shut the fuck up and try to make as much money as possible before you get caught. So I agree with you. Just, it's just not a great look. So imagine that. 2023 is the year of do as much, make as much money before you can get caught. I, I, I Listen, that's not a new idea. I, I told people this when we've talked about crypto in the past. Since the beginning of time, people have tried to figure out certain trading platforms or vehicles where only they understood it. And mm-hmm. they tried to create lotteries that sell 5,000 tickets, but you get 4,500 of them. Every now and again, somebody else makes money off it. You pump that up. But otherwise, you're the one who's reaping the benefits. Do that so you can keep making up money and get the fuck out. Because otherwise, you either die penniless or die in prison. (laughs) And it looks like 2023 is one of those years where everybody who has one of these things going on in the wind, promising 8%, doing all that kind of stuff, needs to shut up and just be happy that they're making any money, perhaps, before before the, the, the tax man cometh. Very true. Um, can I give an honorable mention too? Is that allowed? Well, of course, why not? Yeah, it's, it's your show. Fair. I can't stop you. That's true. You can cut this if you it's want, nice. but you better not. Uh, honorable mention goes to Tim Cook. Did you hear about this? The the Apple I did CEO, not. Apple CEO took a forty percent pay cut. So by the very definition of being at your fifty-two week low, this poor bastard yeah. is going to be making. I think his pay goes from a total of like ninety-nine million. So. 
I think it's three million base, six million bonus. I think cash bonus, and then the rest is all um, all stock options. Obviously, that vests over certain periods, but he the stock option is shrinking by about forty percent. So I think it goes from ninety nine million. Uh, to about 40-something million or 50-something million. So he was actually the one who asked for this pay cut. And it probably had nothing to do with, uh, you know, some of these shareholder services. So like ISS uh, coming after him and saying that he's being paid far too much. And interestingly, the uh, shareholders actually voted to approve his pay. As you know, they have to approve the pay of, of you know, mm-hmm. CEO. Uh, and they voted to, to approve it. I guess he's trying to do, you know, be a good guy here, but like, what an idiot, like, especially a company like Apple, they're actually doing well, well, relatively well. Uh, they're sitting on a ton of cash, Warren Buffett, like, so like, just take the fucking money, dude. I don't know what a moron. So I just wanted to mention yeah. that. <laughs> you're damned if you do, if you're damned, if you don't on this podcast, we tore apart that guy. Who's what was it? Was it not the Carvana guy? Remember when he said he was having a uh, uh, a wage freeze at the oh, company? Oh no, that was the AMC CEO. Oh, the AMC yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really, really. another. Yeah, he bought a mine. Yeah, and yeah. He froze his wage. He said, "Listen, I'm not making any more money." I'm, I'm, I'm staying flat. <laughs> I think he, was making, he made $18 million last year. And he was like, you know what? That's, that's fine. And, and think about this. So put that in perspective, the CEO of AMC, like a nearly bankrupt movie theater company is going to make half as much as Tim Cook, the CEO of Apple, which is like Apple. a $2 trillion company, right? Like right. Just, the, the math doesn't add up here. So yeah. I don't know. Tim Apple, he's an idiot. Uh, shouldn't have taken the pay cut. But yeah, I guess I guess by the very definition, he is at his 52-week level. Um, all right. Should we get into should we get into the stock? Should we talk about the portfolio a little bit? Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Ooh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do is answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Yeah, let's, uh, how, how are we doing? We are, well, if my uh, my spreadsheet here would, would refresh. Uh, we're doing well large. But obviously, the markets have been doing pretty well this year. Um, I think what are, what, S&P 500 up like 5% on the year. Uh, we are up 13%. Of course, that is from last June. We are chasing and still trailing Mr. Warren Buffett. Um, who, you know, we're trying to beat is 44%, but we're up 13%. So I, you know, I can't complain about that. And let's see who, who is leading. Uh, Decker's great pick by large up 21% since we got it. Delta Airlines, Glenny Ball's pick up 12.5%. ExxonMobil, our first pick, we, we rode that one a little bit up 18% on that. Um, of course, some of our worst picks, Meta down 17, WD40 down 12. Uh, we're still holding on to those to remind ourselves that we are idiots. Um, and of course, our biggest our biggest gainer, 
42% for Rick's Cabaret. Just a, an astonishing company run by an astonishing CEO, right? Can I can I give a, a small little anecdote about Eric Langan, our Lord he, and Savior? It would be it'd be a shame if you didn't, Lord. So I had uh, put on social media uh, this week at some point a box lunch that I had made for my daughter, a school lunch. She has one of those bento boxes. And it was a nice lunch. Everyone's like, you should do a largeable instead of a lunchable, you know, where I would just pair little things for people and then give them a small bottle of wine. I would do that. So we put a largeable in my briefcase every day or whatever. Um, but people were very, very uh, complimentary about it. It was just like a, some burrata over some prosciutto with a, over some arugula, some prosciutto. Balsamic glaze, stuff like that. Balsamic glaze was on the side. It was, it was very nice. Don't, don't know. Yeah, yeah. And she deserves everything. And so, what was so nice about it is that, uh, like Eric, uh, on top of everybody else who comments about how much they love to eat and how much they like arugula is an underrated green. And Eric had said something about, you know, that that's probably what makes your daughter special. Because she, you know, I said I was doing it for my daughter's lunch. Something very, very nice. Because he's a nice guy. And I, I consider him a friend, right? He's one of these guys that we've only met, you know, on Zoom. But I was dying to send back, Eric, if I didn't do it, she'd probably be working for you one day. Like, I was dying to send that back. I only make fancy lunches for my daughter in part to keep her off the fucking pole. So, so, you know, and I would never put that out there on that public platform, but I think he would have giggled for it. You know what I mean? Like, I giggled from it, so I decided to do it on this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Good point. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's a great guy. Um and we actually I think you commented on it, I tagged you in it, but uh Mark Moran, who runs Investor Relations, who I feel like we always mention on this podcast, they are they're going to be releasing merch. And I, I don't know if I can say that publicly, but I just did. Um they're gonna be releasing Rick's Cabaret merch. I think it's gonna be some like shareholder merch, so so you can say that you're a shareholder. So it's gonna be pretty dope. I think we I think I didn't- I didn't see. I was tagged in that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I tagged you. I thought I thought you responded. Maybe you didn't. But I'll respond uh, to something else from Mark this week because I think he said it was his birthday. He was born on Friday the thirteenth. Oh, you, it was yeah, one but, of those things. Yeah. But Mark Moran, by the way, very handsome, very muscular, very lean and live. He better know that my ass is a four XL when they send the shit to the office. By the way. Oh, I told he him three XL. Did you no, really know? I, I like to be comfortable and I don't see myself coming down. So I prepare for the worst, you know, and hope for the best, prepare for the worst. <laughs> I'm still one of those guys who's like, let me buy jeans like one smaller. So my fat ass will be like uncomfortable and I won't eat. <laughs> and when you're 50, you already have a closet full of those. So you yeah, start yeah. to become a little bit more. Uh, so make sure that, that, uh, that muscular little bastard knows my side. Oh, good for them. We're, we're big way, fans about these guys. By the yeah. way, Mark Moran, uh, our world is colliding here. Uh, he was actually featured on KFC Radio. Did you hear that? So he, um, do you know the do you know the uh, site Mug Sh- or the Instagram account Mug Shorties? Shorties. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So he actually, he, Mark Moran commented under one of them, "Would as in like, hey, let's hook yeah, up." Yeah. She responded back like with eyes and like, "Would you?" And so I believe so. They hopped on a Zoom call that he put out on the internet. And I believe that she is flying up to New York to hang out with him. I believe she's from Georgia. And so KFC thought this was absolutely hilarious, right? He was like, this is a modern day love story. Um, right. So I, hopefully when Mark 
uh, comes up and, and has a date, I will get him in touch with KFC so he can talk about how the no, date. No, no, you're thinking the wrong way. That is a uh, Mark would probably want to do KFC. I was going to say that's a Barcelona Finance exclusive. You know, I don't like KFC, right? This isn't a. This isn't. A, oh yeah, yeah. I, I hate Kevin. He's the yeah, Kevin's the worst that I'm at Barcelona. I love this son of a bitch. But uh, yeah, we got to get him on because having a successful businessman all of a sudden fall in love and marry a felon. Because they met through a fucking uh, uh, Twitter account is yeah. is you're right. It's, that's modern day Romeo and Juliet. I guess. I guess by that, um, <laughs> I love that part of the end. Uh, I guess by like the transit. Pro- I guess I owe KFC too, right? Because you, if it wasn't for you, large, if I didn't hop on the uh, the pod with you, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be here. So, wow, I gotta I gotta give hug KFC next time I see him, or at least my yes. pro- proxy, I will hug. Uh, Brendan, because that's I, I see him a lot yes, more. Exactly, yeah. Um, coaching tree. Yes, yes. All right. So, well, we we just gave out. So a we lot. are we're, we're we're out we're outperforming the broader market. Yes. Um, since we started, too, like not just YTD. We're yeah, right, yeah. since June when we launched, and I know that they took a lot of their lumps before we had gotten in there, and the market had a slower recovery than we had success in the beginning, but it, I know the Warren Buffett target, we don't mention anymore. And I hope we never mentioned it again, to be quite honest with you, but, uh, cause we need a miracle, but otherwise I think we're doing relatively well for a bunch of assholes who you should never invest with ever. Right. invest with. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, we don't move stocks. And if you want to realize that we don't move stocks, just take a look at the chart of WD 40. Uh, right. So uh, also the fact that we we invested five thousand dollars total, so we are yes, certainly not moving. We're not we're not size movers, uh, large. But what do you? What's on your watch list this week? The High Noon El Prez Pack is here, featuring my top four High Noon Vodka Seltzer flavors. These flavors include passion fruit, pineapple, pear, an all new flavor tangerine all made with real vodka real juice this 12 pack is only here for a limited time so get it while you can just look for the pack with my face on it you can even scan the qr code in the pack and have me virtually join your party visit highnoonspirits.com to find the el prez pack nearest you i'm doubling down on a stock that i mentioned uh, not too long ago do you know how i like twitter trends you know i do right like i put up the ai pictures of myself Oh, no, not oh, with TikTok yeah. trends. TikTok trends are what I like. Twitter trends I don't like. Um, so, well, first off, I'm going to mention as far as stock picks, I started to get a little bit bulled up. I've been watching Tesla now. We, we Ian had covered his paper short, right? And I said it might be oversold into earnings when it was trading around 108. It's 122 now. So let's give Ian a little bit of credit. I put words in his mouth and said, are you covering your short here, Ian? He said, yes. Yeah. So I'm still watching. I think it reports next week. He definitely um, went and looked up with that man on Investopedia, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one awaits when we started watching it. 122 is where it is now. So um, outside of that, I'm doubling down on Pepsi. I, I kind of like stories like that. I liked the uh, milk and Pepsi story. I did a pilk tasting on the air and I wound up liking it. It reminded me a little bit of a, Certainly like a Coke float, maybe even a little bit of an egg cream thing. So I said, I'm okay with that. And now I like what they're doing. I like that they ditched Sierra Mist. I always thought Sierra Mist was a terrible name. On top of being not a great soda, I thought it was a terrible name. Mm-hmm. And they launched a new brand called Starry. I saw it on the shelves the other day, and I didn't buy it because I'm trying to stay away from soda. Again, you know, New Year's and stuff like that. But Starry is apparently Pepsi's new foray into trying to get some market share on Sprite. 
Right. Sierra Mist failed miserably. I think in the lemon lime soda category, you have Seven Up and Sprite, and then everybody else, right? And the clear is Seven Up. Uh, who owns Seven Up? Is it Lemon Lime? What's that? No, who owns Seven Up? I have no fucking clue. So um, yeah, you can look that up. But I think like when you think clear sodas, like particularly if you're doing it for like a barbecue or something, you get some Cokes and you get some Sprites. You know what I mean? Just for then you get some Diet Cokes and you get a sugar yeah. waters and some juice uh, juice boxes. Waters. I just said waters because I'm born in Brooklyn. And this reminds me eerily, eerily. And you know, I'm a twisted history guy. I'm wearing a t-shirt today. You have to remember, even Billy Joel, we didn't start the fire when he says rock and roll and color war, cola wars, rock yeah. and roll and color wars. I remember that. And that's the last W that I think Pepsi has had over Coke. Because back in the day, they were head to head and they decided to hire very popular musical artists at the time. Coke went with Paula Abdul. Pepsi went with Michael Jackson. And the thing was, it's like, oh, Michael Jackson wins every time. Michael Jackson's hair went on fire, shooting the Pepsi commercial exactly 39 years ago next week, which is weird. It was like January 20-something, 1984. So we're, we're, we're rolling up on a 40th anniversary of that shit happening. So it's not fresh in your mind. You've only read about it. I remember this shit when it was going down. And like J- Michael Jackson said they weren't going to, he wasn't going to sue Pepsi. All they had to do was like cut uh, um, a check. I think they cut one and a half million to like a child burn, you know, thing. And uh, it was uh, honest to God, like they got off so scot-free and they got so much free advertisement for this because they weren't villainized with what had happened to Michael Jackson. Right. Do you know what I mean? I think it's like inadvertently if a sniper does it. Michael Jackson before he was like, bad Michael Jackson, Jesus Christ. And even like if somebody found out the sniper rifle that Oswald had used to make that impossible shot that he probably didn't make, like that sniper rifle would probably do very well. Like, you know, if it shoots a magic bullet, you got to buy it. It was the same thing with Pepsi. I think it was estimated that the incident gave Pepsi more than $13 million in free advertising. So they've been trying to do this for a long time. They've been trying to kind of climb up on this Coca-Cola thing. And so the newest one is Starry. And they even have a, a TikTok-ready uh, slogan, Starry. It just slaps different. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's awful. But I love it for some reason. So I'm doubling down on the Pepsi Pepsi and milk. Starry slaps different. Pepsi is starting to go that way. And I think it drives the bus now. Don't 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 question me here. It's just like I just imagine a room full of guys that look like you and they're like, what can we say that'll resonate with the Exactly. Exactly it. Yeah. Hey, younger folk. What goes you know what I mean? But honestly, like Coca-Cola, you think of the polar bears at at Christmas, like there's a classiness to it. You know what I mean? Pepsi trying to be the exact opposite. In a world that makes no sense and I can't understand why people eat, drink, or do what they do. Right. I'm doubling down on Pepsi P. What did uh I saw that Frank did a test of it. Do we know if he liked it or not? Did you watch it? No. I can't watch it. I, yeah. yeah. I, I see them and it's like I'm like, oh I'll go like but uh I love yeah. by the way, I did the Twisted History of Scumbag Coaches. Uh it'll be coming out this week. And I just to ask Frank, he's such a wealth of knowledge. Like, I was just like, hey, Frank, I did one of those things like they do around the office. Who's the biggest scumbag coach? He's like, Woody Hayes, which is my biggest one. I, I get Woody Hayes is the last one I do. And they punch the guy in the throat, says some very inappropriate stuff about the Vietnam War, about this massacre, My Life Massacre. 
Frank just has it like that. He's an absolute wealth of knowledge as far as that goes. Shout out Frank and Tank. Uh, I like your pick large, and I and you know why I like it. They're, they take that big stake in Celsius Holding, which is uh, which is good. Which hey. I, we just saw this week, uh, they're replacing. Um, they're taking over. I don't know if it's like routes or like space from from Bang Energy, which uh, is on the outs at Pepsi. So that partnership's over. Celsius is moving in. So. I don't know. You know, I'm bullish on the energy drink space. If you see Starry, you see Starry on the shelf. Will you buy it just out of curiosity now? I so I actually did see it. So I where I get I get my coffee at the gas station every morning because it's only ninety nine cents, and I did see it. they had a really big display of it. And I had where did I see it? Maybe it was like I saw Frank's um, review. I assumed like Pepsi sent you know Frank like a you know a package of this like to, to preemptively get in front of it. Um, so I was surprised to see it was already in stores, but I imagine. So no, I no, I won't buy it. But I will say, do you think it's just like? Do you think they just took the Sierra Mist that was left over and put it in a new bottle? They said they reformulated it, so it's not Sierra Mist. And to be honest with you, if you put a gun to my head, I don't know if I could blind taste test other lemon lime sodas and pick out which one is Sprite, which one is Sierra Mist. I don't have that in my bag, so yeah. I'm going to try this. I think I'm going to. I think. Maybe I'll do it for a short squeeze, you know, when we're on. I'll just happen to have two glasses with ice and see if I like this better than Sprite because I, 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 um, I, I'm kind of quizzical about what this is, questionable, curious. One of these hard here about what's going I, on. By curious? I'm by <laughs> curious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So my pick, um, Large, you're going to love this one. And it's going to be real simple. And I'm just going to throw it out there. It's another double down. It's Rick's Cabaret. R-I-C-K. I think we need to add to the portfolio. And there's one reason. I was actually catching up with our buddy, uh, Mark Moran. And he reminded me that we are awfully close to Rick's hitting $1 billion market cap. We are at about $870 million. Um, and at the current growth rate, it could probably happen in the next month or two um, if things keep going as well as they have. If not, I would assume it's going to be a first half of this year unless, you know, the, the market starts tanking. So we are very close to becoming a $1 billion market cap strip club company. And I'm very excited about that, not only because I think that's going to have some headlines, people are going to start paying attention, but that also could potentially open it up to some other funds that would some right. institutional investors that aren't able to touch anything under a certain market cap. So I really do like that. Not that I could see a whole or, bunch of institutional investors jumping at a publicly traded strip club, but I like the headline a lot. So if, if I'm thinking about, you know, trading a headline, I like this one for sure. It also opens it up to indexes, right? Like it, all, yeah. it now, it now picks off certain, it, it ticks off certain, uh, you know, uh, needs that they need to be in certain indexes. So yeah, yeah. that, that, that could be a big mover for it. I had a buddy I used to work for. I, yeah, <laughs> yes. I had a buddy I used to work for. Uh, his name is Costi. Costi, you're going to have, you're going to meet him one of these days. He sent me a bunch of bullish stuff this week. Like he sent me, you know, Fibonacci. It'd be uh, S&P trades back to the 200 DMA, uh, RSI uh, nearing, but not over. But like he's sending me all this stuff that if the market continues 
to sort of put in a base here, but add some volume just because of the light volume around the three day weekend, happy early uh, Martin Luther uh, King day, that this is like an inflection point. This is the falling knife possibly hitting the table. And again, it's, it's my man. It's the guy, Kasi, one of the best prop, prop traders I've ever met in my life and also a good friend of mine. But, um, so yeah, like I'm starting to, you know, I said I might buy a wallet, buy, set up a wallet on the, uh, you know, the cryptocurrency type thing. But I'm also starting to get a little bit more bullish, uh, with the markets. I think this week and next week is, is, is crucial. So maybe we do get a situation where people continue to buy winners and all of a sudden this thing is worth, has a billion dollar market cap. And it goes into a different stratosphere as far as investors and uh, and indexes. That would, that would be wonderful. And we're going to get the new the new merch. Absolutely, it's going to be good. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> going to be good. That's <laughs> going to be awesome. <laughs> all right, what else you got? <laughs> that's all we got today, large. All right, boys. We'll see you next week. <laughs>